Mr. Pauliev is back, and we were talking about housing specifically, uh, the, the province and the city of Vancouver saying they're doing their part. I want to chat with uh, Mr. Pauliev a little bit about what he would do uh, if he is elected prime minister of this country. Mr. Pauliev, let's go back to the original question. What would you do to help in regards to housing and affordability? Well, it starts with identifying the source of the problem. Um, after eight years of Trudeau, Vancouver has the third most overpriced housing in the world, and Canada as a whole is the second worst housing bubble on planet Earth, and that's because the central bank flooded the market with easy cash that bid up prices, and local government gatekeepers prevent construction from happening. Canada has the fewest houses per capita of any country in the G7, even though we have the most land to build on. Why, with all this land, do we have so few houses? Government gatekeepers add massive red tape costs. They make uh, massive delays, fees, development charges, consulting uh, uh, fees that builders have to pay. In Vancouver, the $650,000 goes just to government costs for every unit of housing. How do we fix that? Well, the city has to speed up and lower the cost of building permits and zoning. And I will ensure they do that because I'm going to link the amount of infrastructure money a big city gets to the number of houses that get built. I will pay only for results. That means houses that are turnkey complete. I'm also going to require cities to pre-approve high-density housing around every single federally funded transit station so that our young people can live right next to the bus or train. I'm also going to sell off uh, 15% of the 37,000 federal buildings, many of which were underutilized before COVID, but they're outright empty now that there's so much remote work. And finally, I'm going to create a new immigration stream to speed up uh, bringing in new people who have skills in home building. So that's the four-point plan. We're going to build 2 million houses, lower the costs, and our young people are going to have a place to live when Pierre Pauly had his prime minister. Now, CMHC says that we'll need about 5 million additional new housing units uh, to improve affordability. That would essentially be uh, double the current pace that we have now, and even you know a modest increase of 30 to 50% is still going to be challenged by our lack of labour. What makes you think your four-point plan can make a dent on the issue of housing affordability? Because the government itself presently says we're going to spend $78 billion. And so far under Mr. Trudeau, house prices have uh, increased across the board here in Vancouver. What makes you think your four-point policy would work? Well, because we know that build it, we can build quickly when we get the government gatekeepers out of the way. And you know who proved it? The Squamish people. They have a big, I'm sorry, it's not a big piece of land. It's a 10-acre piece of land on which they approved six thousand units of housing and they're getting it built in record time now why were they able to get it done so fast because they didn't have to deal with city hall it's their land so they were freed from the government gatekeepers at vancouver city hall even though they're in vancouver because it's their land they've demonstrated that if you get the bureaucrats out of the way the building can happen we have workers we have investors and we've got plenty of land you just need to get the bureaucracy out of the way and a polyev government is going to remove the gatekeepers, and open up the gates of opportunity for our young people, working class, and immigrants to own homes. And we'll be speaking to Hell Salem today at 5 o'clock, just on that Sinoc project uh, that uh, Mr. Polyev had mentioned. Let's talk about drug decriminalization. Congratulate him for me. Congratulate (laughs) him for me. That's what we need to do is what they've done. We need to do that everywhere. Think about this. They're building 600 units of housing on each acre. 
Yeah. It's incredible. Yeah, and it is. All the wonderful families that are going to be able to enjoy those those units because of their foresight. All right. Well, let's talk about uh, drug decriminalization for a second as well. The new law kicks in on January 31st. Basically, people in possession of two and a half grams of or less of fentanyl, heroin, morphine, crack and powder cocaine, methamphetamines, MDMA cannot be arrested or have their drugs seized. Uh, many people have said that this has this is the right way to go, including the former mayor uh, of Vancouver, Kennedy Stewart, who was on with us just last week. The exemption that has been provided uh, begins January 31st, expires on January 2026. Do you support a plan like that for British Columbia, Mr. Polyev? No, and and let's face it, that plan has already been in place for about five years. Police haven't been arresting for possession for a very since about 2017 when Trudeau uh, and the NDP in BC uh, told them to stop enforcing the law. And what is the result? We have a 300% increase in over, overdose deaths. We have permanent line face first with on the pavement dying of overdoses every single day. The NDP mayor, Kennedy Stewart, the NDP government at a provincial level and Justin Trudeau at a federal level have created an absolute drug overdose nightmare in BC and right across the country is a disaster and in fact it will be studied around the world as perhaps the worst policy ever implemented with respect to drugs and there are countless 30,000 lives that have been lost because of these disastrous radical hard left policies the answer Mm -hmm. is to do what alberta is doing which is to put the money into recovery and treatment get our people into a facility where they can get medications that reduce the pain and suffering withdrawal that we, we, we make sure we have widely available medications to reverse overdoses. And finally, we have inpatient beds where all-day care that includes counseling, um, camaraderie with fellow addicts, uh, preparing for jobs and opportunities when they get out of treatment, 90 days, uh, and then follow-up when they get back out. That is what Alberta's doing. They've doubled the number of beds in the province and they've cut in half the number of overdoses and that's the policy of Polyev government will pursue. Mr. Polyev, final question to you. We want to talk to you about LNG um, I, and I did at one point work for the LNG industry and so I think it's an important one because it, it speaks, speaks to the ability for us to build things in this country. Uh, when we first started talking about LNG we had zero LNG um, facilities in this country. So did the United States. They now have seven that are built. They're looking at six more that they could either expand or build. We are still struggling through one with LNG Canada. There are smaller ones as well, but the real big one is LNG Canada. Europe, of course, is uh, talking about needing more LNG and natural gas to deal with uh, Russia. What would you do that's different, and would you do anything in regards to spurring further growth of uh, natural gas and LNG specifically? I'd get the government out of the way. When Trudeau took office, there were 15 proposed LNG export plants. Zero got completed. As you point out, the Americans built seven in that exact same time period. Uh, And the reason we can't get them built is because Trudeau's anti-energy law, C-69, makes it next to impossible to get all the permits. Uh, The money is private money will build this stuff because there's a huge return on investment. And the Asians and the Europeans are demanding it. In fact, both the Japanese prime minister and the German chancellor have come to meet with Trudeau in the last hundred days to beg for natural gas. And he said, you know what? Call Vladimir Putin instead. He'll provide you with the natural gas. And then he can use the money to fund his wars. 
I would do the opposite. I would remove the anti-energy law C-69, rapidly approve projects that have buy-in from First Nations and that are environmentally responsible. We we have massive advantages in Canada because we're the short and Europe from North America. Our cold weather makes it cheaper to cool and liquefy the gas. And we have emissions-free hydroelectricity in B.C., Newfoundland, and Quebec that could power the liquefaction facilities without any greenhouse gases, making us the most environmentally responsible LNG manufacturers on planet Earth. And there's an enormous market for You know the Germans built an LNG import terminal in 194 days. In Canada, it takes almost a decade just to get the permits. Yeah. So let's get the gatekeepers out of the way, get Justin Trudeau out of the way, build LNG, ship our energy abroad to turn dollars for dictators into paychecks for our people in Canada. Time to bring it home. Mr. Paul, you have thanks for your time. Look forward to chatting with you next time you're in Vancouver. Thanks a lot. Great to be with you, Mr. Joe Hall. Bye now.